The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you along with us. Hope the weather's good where you are. We have a late summer thunderstorm going on here. Hopefully, we will not be interrupted on our broadcast slash podcast today as we talk about NFL tailgating. I know this gets our producer, Nathan Miller, excited. We're talking about the tailgaters, a very remarkable species. And we have an example, a wonderful, vital specimen of that very curious animal with us today in a few minutes. But before then, we definitely are going to be talking a little bit about the history, the fabled history of NFL tailgating with our chief correspondent in studio. That's Matt Shea. And we look forward to every visit that Matt pays to us there at the station. I envy him his ability to slide in there and be a part of the scene there in Seattle. This is American Road Trip Talk. We're going to talk about NFL tailgating. It is a phenomenon and there's a story within the story. So listen for that. We'll be back right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America. And Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks. They end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Are we there yet? That's not a question you'll be hearing while cruising around Nevada. That's because here in the road trip capital of the USA, that old cliche about it being the journey that matters more is actually legit. In Nevada, you can kick back in a crowdless state or national park. Gaze up at some of the nation's darkest, most star-studded skies. Meander among the world's oldest living trees. Have your breath stolen by the crystal clear waters of Lake Tahoe. All along the way, you will find the kinds of iconic, wide-open highways where road trip dreams are made. For insider tips about Nevada road trips and unexpected Silver State destinations, Order your free Nevada magazine and visitor guide today at TravelNevada.com slash travel dash guides. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please, get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Find out what the weather is on your next route. It could be Route 66, any route you choose. You can do it with the Drive Weather app. It shows the forecast at each point all along the way. Drive Weather. Download today on the app or Play Store. 
We are going to talk now for a few minutes, and then we've got, we've got to bring on a special guest here. I'm telling you, this is exciting stuff as game day approaches. But let's talk to Matt Shea first. I call him our chief correspondent, great contributor to our program. Matt, how are you doing today? Fantastic, and a happy Friday to you and Nathan. It all that's right. That's almost when it's Friday, TGIF, that's almost redundant. Absolutely, it's Friday. And then in podcast world, we'll be tossing this to the four winds and people can listen whenever and wherever. Matt Shea, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to delve into this topic of NFL tailgating. It's a whole world unto itself. And you have a bit of history to share before we bring on a guest. Yes. Tailgating for the NFL, for professional football, that is has been going on for over 100 years. It is credited to the inaugural year of the Green Bay Packers. They were founded in 1919, and it was at a Green Bay game, possibly the first one on August 11, 1919, where the fans caravaned to the stadium, which was basically a lot with the football stadium there. And like the old Wild West days, they circled their pickup trucks around the field, but they backed them in so they could get us comfortable in the bed of their pickup trucks, the blankets, the food, the warm drinks, Well, they started something. In 2006, there is a fantastic Chicago Bear fan by the name of Hans Strediger, and he knew that outside of Chicago, there were still 31 other teams to address. So he embarked for his quest for 31 to see how the tailgating accepts other fans throughout the countries at each and every stadium. From there, the tailgating Hall of Fame had been started. If you are a member, you get a challenge coin. It is verification of your loyalty and the fact that, hey, you are indeed a member. That is your membership card. We got lucky. We have a guy from Chicago who George Papa Bear Hallis would be very proud of. We have Dennis Lindley, who's been attending games for 44 years. Dennis, we're happy to have you. I welcome you to the American Road Trip Talk. Hi, guys. Glad to be here. This is well, fun. thank you so much, Dennis. We're delighted to have you with us. Matt is the kind of intrepid reporter type. You just need to understand that, Dennis. If there are facts to be found, he will find them. And he found you. And so we have somebody who can authoritatively speak to the phenomenon that is NFL tailgating. I mean, I don't think it's any exaggeration when I say it's a world unto itself. How do you feel about it, Dennis? Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, being from Chicago, we've only had seven winning seasons in the last 25 years. So Sometimes the tailgating is the best part of the day with our friends cooking, grilling, having a good time, and then we have to go inside and watch the team lose. <laughs> well, they didn't lose to the 49ers to kick off the season, at least. <laughs> we'll, no. we'll see how that goes. That's uh, So good luck to the Bears. Go Bears, as they say. It, you know, Matt just mentioned so this challenge coin idea. See, this is the kind of stuff he finds out for me. Challenge coin, what does that mean in terms of the personal experience when somebody hands you that? Does it tell you, hey, you really belong? Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's not just given away. You have to earn it. Um, everyone who I've met with the coin has been tailgating for at least 10 years and hosted many, many fans and has a lot of experience tailgating. Um, so it's, it's something that uh, you truly have to earn. And it also comes with a commitment to being open to all 
welcoming fans from other teams, being friendly, sharing your foods and recipes with other tailgating groups. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a brotherhood. That sounds like so much fun. And from what Matt tells me, and you can back me up on this, Matt Shea, apparently these folks get started very early. I mean, you've got to have setup. I would imagine that. But, I mean, this is rather an all-day affair. Gary, it has bragging rights in regards to barbecue and other things. Nathan, when you're in Chicago, what would a person expect to receive in regards to your tailgate? I know they have their own famous hot dog, like many cities do. So they might cook up a homemade Chicago dog. And you've yeah. got your, you also have the sausages, the pork sandwiches. They, they do it their own way. They do. Now, Dennis, we were talking about how the Windy City gets colder as the season progresses. And you have a hot chocolate story. Actually, you have two of them, actually. One of your first games you were at, it was negative degrees out. You had a cup of hot chocolate. It serves as a hand warmer, but also a warm drink. Could you please tell us what became of that cup moments after you sat down with it? Yeah, this was, I was seven years old. It was one of my first Bears games. Uh, Last game of the season, they had to win by 30 points to make the playoffs. And I was very cold. I spent a lot of the game in the uh, bathroom with a warm radiator. Um, but when I came back to my seat, my dad agreed to buy me a hot chocolate to warm me up. And by the time the hot chocolate made it from the vendor to my hands, there was a layer of frozen ice on top of my drink. <laughs> wow. And has the hot chocolate evolved over the years? Now that you're a big grown-up guy... I understand that you feature some world-famous hot chocolate there at your tailgating parties on behalf of the Bears. Yep, it's uh, world-famous, and uh, the reason it's world-famous is uh, some guys who had joined us, um, our tailgating crew, we've had over 10,000 guests from 47 different states and eight different countries, and we were lucky enough to get some guys from Ireland, seven of them, uh, first time to the United States, first time going to an NFL game, and we made our world-famous hard hot chocolate and these guys were big guys. They were drinking Guinness before we even started the tailgate party, and they started drinking the hard hot chocolate, and they were drinking it a lot, and let's just say three of them did not make it into the stadium. Uh, two of them passed out in their seats, <laughs> and another guy left the game early. So uh, none of the seven remember the game, unfortunately. But they heard it was pretty good? <laughs> <laughs> There was, it was against Atlanta, and there was, uh, um, two of them were Atlanta fans, two of them were Bear fans, two of them were Cowboy fans, and one was actually a Seattle fan. Um, but uh, luckily, they were able to come back uh, about four years later, and uh, they still drank the hard chocolate, but they, they went a little bit more moderate the next time. There's something unique about the tailgate experience because with all the teams in the league, and I don't even know how many tailgater clubs there are. I'm imagining, Dennis, that you would have certain teams, the ones that are really marquee teams, that would have a great array of people who subscribe or join tailgating clubs in order to have a shared experience with people they particularly like. Yeah, there's about, in the Tailgating Hall of Fame, there's about 50, 50 or so clubs. Um, most cities have two or three. Um, and they've identified themselves as, you know, being open and welcoming and 
have earned their coins and their place in the tailgating Hall of Fame. And But the most important thing to me is that they're welcoming of other teams. So if I was to go to Green Bay this weekend, uh, they would welcome me in, even with my Bears jersey on. And you know, If they come down to Chicago, we would do the, the same for them. Um, but it's nice to get around to all the different stadiums and meet all the different clubs. And, and like you said, Chicago has the hot dog, and you might go somewhere else and they have a specialty. And so you get, you get to enjoy uh, different, different cities and different, different foods. That's, that's always very good. If Packers and Bears fans can accept each other, Jersey and all, I think you guys have a future in international diplomacy. <laughs> because that's, that's a rough rivalry right there. Just ask Aaron Rodgers. Right. Well, that it's, it's is remarkable. Football. We all have a, a shared love of the game, a great game. And um, I'd, rather, I'd rather talk football with the Packers fan than, than talk trash, that's for sure. And Matt and Nathan, are you hearing this? That there's a Tailgaters Hall of Fame. Dennis, please tell us, guys. We're not familiar with a Tailgaters Hall of Fame. That's a fascinating concept. How big is it? How long has it been going on? And who's in charge of it? So uh, you can find it at tailgate, uh, just tailgatinghalloffame.com. Um, it'll list all the teams, or all, all the teams and then all the different tailgating clubs for each city. Um, and then uh, I think you mentioned Hans Steiniger. Uh, he's the one who developed the uh, Tailgating Hall of Fame. Um, and he's been very, very good to get us all together. Uh, we've made a lot of great friends through him. Um, he's been to all the different, he's been to every stadium and joined every single tailgating club. Um, and kind of joined us all together. You can find it at uh, tailgatinghalloffame.com or on Facebook, uh, Tailgating Hall of Fame. I love the concept. I do want to stop here because I promise that there is a story within the story. This may interest you, Dennis, being so tied into the tailgating culture. Matt, what are the Seattle Seahawks fans to do this year? There's something different about this year in tailgating culture. Well, what happened was the past seven years, they had the Legion of Boom. They had a tailgating assembly to be proud of. But the problem is it was hard to secure a specific lot. And also there was an issue of insurance. So there are still people here and there doing the tailgating. But in regards to the masses, they vow to be regrouped next year and back into the full swing of things. I'm happy to hear that. Now, Dennis, Bears fan that you are, you, you are aware of being so uh, closely aligned with the NFL games, the players, the coaches, the organizations, and of course the tailgating fans. The Seattle Seahawks fans have been known as the most vocal, frankly, the loudest for many, many years. It's bitterly ironic to me, but maybe it'll only last this season and then it changes next year. We certainly hope so. For fans who are that vociferous to go without the tailgating experience, I mean, that just seems like that's out of order somehow. The universe is upside down. Yeah, there's no question that, uh, you know, tailgating is part of the whole game day experience. And, um, you know, it is it is about getting ready for the game. It's kind of like an opening band to a, to an artist at a concert, uh, just to get everybody you know, the team spirit and the vocal cords warmed up. And I think it all ties together. And it's, it's unfortunate some cities have made it harder to tailgate, um, like you said, because of insurance or liability. Um, but tailgaters will always find a way. Uh, when we went to the Super Bowl in 2004 in Miami, 
they had a no tailgating rule within seven miles of the stadium. Uh, so we rented out a park eight miles from the stadium and had over 300 people show up. That's the resourcefulness of a tailgater. That's exactly what I would expect. Let me ask you this, since you've been uh, going since you were a child back in 1978, and uh, Matt and Nathan kick back and you're going to hear how it's done. What was the tailgating culture like at the time of 1985, which is a year that is virtually sacred in Chicago Bears lore? The Bears were one of the best teams in the history of the NFL in 1985, so dominant, and you got to be there for a lot of it, Dennis. I was very fortunate to to see almost every one of Walter Payton's games, and like you mentioned, that great 85 defense, that great team, uh, great coach. Um, uh, let me rewind just a little bit. When I first started tailgating in the late 70s, um, it was just a garbage can full of ice and beer, and then the uh, the wives or the girlfriends would make sandwiches, no grills, no meat. It was just you know a sandwich and a beer, um, and it's evolved. And nowadays you see, you know, trailers behind cars with huge smokers and grills. Um, but in the 80s, uh, that's when tailgating was really starting to evolve and people were able to bring the grills out to the stadium. Um, and I remember in, the, in those 80s, um, if you weren't at the parking lot by about 7 o'clock in the morning, you weren't in the main lot. You would have to park about a half mile from the stadium. So. People would start showing up between 4 and 5 in the morning just to get a spot in the main parking lot. And with it, 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 pardon me for being cute, I can't help myself, but by 1985, you not only had an evolved tailgate experience in Chicago, you also had a refrigerator. We did. (laughs) That is incredible stuff. Run us through a little bit here over, just give us a couple of minutes, Dennis, if you can sort of thumbnail it for us. Setting one of those up, who gets there early? How does the organization function? Who has to get how much of what as you gauge your preparations for every game day being the best experience you can deliver to your fellow tailgaters? Well, we, we actually started out as a, as a potluck um, where everybody would just kind of bring a dish to share, just like you might have at an office work party. Um, but uh, late 90s, I remember we had a, a tailgate where we had about 50 people and a guy showed up with, you know, 70 hot dogs, but the bun guy didn't show up. And literally two weeks later had the same situation where the bun guy showed up, but the hot guy, hot dog guy didn't show up. So wow. we decided to streamline everything. Everyone throws in a few dollars. Um, we get a guest list going and then uh, us and our crew, we just make sure there's enough food and drinks for everybody so that you know, everyone can have a real good time and we don't run out of anything. And what is it like, just because we want to be environmentally sensitive, what is it like when the game is over, win or lose, and people have to go home? Are they pretty good about tidying up after themselves? Absolutely. We're in a, we're, right now, we're in a private lot um, about a mile from Soldier Field, um, and we actually clean up before we go into the game, at least our garbage. We might leave our grills out to cool down or a couple coolers out, um, but we take care of all the garbage before we go into the game, and we we make that a priority, no question. Very responsible thing to do. I have to confess, now I'm getting turned on to the idea myself rather than just reading about it or hearing about it, but I wouldn't mind having the tailgating experience somewhere in the NFL world. 
how about you, Matt? Have you ever, you're an old trucker. You've been around, you've seen a lot. Did you ever find yourself at one of these tailgating parties in any era? I've been to tailgating parties that were not football. They were just at the plant. One time we had a Teamster strike and we had one heck of a tailgating party where the office people left their posts and joined us. I do have a question for Dennis. Could you please tell us about the Dick Butkus Grill? Okay, so that that was a grill that was uh, that I I got in 1994, um, and it was a Monday night game um, when the Bears were playing the Packers, and it started pouring rain at four o'clock in the morning, uh, worse than we saw this last Sunday in Chicago. It was just rain, rain, rain all day. Um, my dad and I made a uh, back then you didn't have fancy canopies and all that, so we made something out of a tarp and some two by fours and. About an hour in, the wind picked up, and our tarp and two-by-fours flew over Lakeshore Drive into Lake Michigan, uh, leaving us out in the rain. Uh, so we found a service tunnel to McCormick Place, a little bit of a garage so we could get dry. Uh, but the Dick Butkus Grill was a, a grill that you would use newspaper. Crumbled up newspaper was your source of heat. Um, and it wasn't around long, but it got us through that day. Here's the number 51. Oh, I'm telling you. And people who are uh, too young to recall, it's hard to explain Dick Butkus. <laughs> Phenomenal Hall of Famer. He was the kind of player, and I'm not exaggerating, big, tough, strapping dudes, NFL-sized guys, would sometimes say, probably in a whisper, that they feared lining up against Dick Butkus because he went into kind of a crazy headspace once the game was underway, I mean, he would wind up biting you if the mood suited him there. So to have his own grill is entirely fitting. But he, with all of these gridiron stars, it's interesting to me, Dennis, that you've been able to participate where you feel like you're part of the Bears family, part of the overall NFL experience, going again and again to these tailgating parties and creating an experience that in and of itself becomes memorable for the members of that club. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a unique experience and it, it started out in just Chicago. And, and then when the tailgating hall of fame happened, um, it introduced us to fans from other cities. So we've learned tips from them, uh, recipes, different drinks, and we share our secrets with them. And now if I, if I go to any, any NFL stadium, um, I've got a friend that will welcome me in and, and, and throw me a party. And, and like I said, I would do the same thing for them when they come to Chicago. I love that. The various cities, we have about three minutes left. So what I would ask you to uh, tell us, our listeners would love to hear this. Who do you say has the best? Of course, us, right? You know, you're allowed to say that. But I understand, for example, we talk about other NFL cities. I'm told that the Chiefs kingdom there in Kansas City really knows how to do it up big. Absolutely. Kansas City was definitely one of my favorite places to tailgate. Uh, they had the best food, the best barbecue. It seemed like every single tailgate group had a smoker and they were very generous and couldn't wait to share their secret rub or secret barbecue sauce with everyone. Uh, so Kansas City is definitely on top of the list. I uh, got to definitely put uh, Chicago and Green Bay in the list. Definitely passionate, diehard fans, great tailgaters. Uh, Tampa Bay has a real good scene. Houston has a great scene and 
but the craziest is definitely Buffalo. Uh, they're they're tailgating the the uh, the Bills Mafia. They call them. They're some of the best and craziest tailgaters that I've seen anywhere. I think when they get out and they're among all these people and their friends are all on the same side, you may have your visitors, sure, there, but by and large, you're talking about people who create a community and they defy the weather to interrupt their fun. That amazes me about the Bills Mafia. Absolutely. They are very, very, you know, people warned us that, oh, the people in New York, they might be a little rough, but they were very welcoming, shared their food like everyone else, shared the recipes and they even presented us with bowling balls that had liquor in the holes, and we did shots out of a bowling ball. So that was unique. Could you tell us about Pinto Ron in Buffalo? Uh, Pinto Ron is uh, legendary. If uh, if you can find YouTube video, just type in Pinto Ron, and there's probably 100 videos. Um, he toes in an actual Pinto to every home game, and he turns it into a grill and cooks food right there on the, on the hood of the car. Um, and uh, he does all kinds of other antics and has a great time. Great guy, uh, and uh, he's fun to watch, fun, fun to have met. Dennis Lindley, if people want to get in contact with you, there are a lot of Bears fans, even in Seattle, absolutely. A lot of Chicago people move out there. Where can they reach you? So uh, the best way to find any of these groups, including ours, uh, if you go to tailgatinghalloffame.com, you can search by city and then click on to each uh, – each tailgating group, and it'll tell you what, what type of food they do, uh, how to make reservations. Um, there's also a group out there called Tail Greeter, um, and they actually help hook people up with tailgate parties. So if you're going to Seattle, you, you type in Seattle, and it'll tell you the party, uh, where it's located, how much it costs, what's included. Um, and, and they pretty much can set up a tailgate party in, in any of the 31 different NFL cities. That is Excellent, excellent information. Dennis Lindley, thank you for joining us on the phone. My wife and I will be heading out to Chicago. We're trying to score some tickets in December for a Bears game. I'll be looking for you if we make it to the game. That'd be great. We'd love to have you. Beautiful. Thank you, Dennis. And thank you, Matt Shea, for providing us with this great information. Seahawks will have their fans back tailgating next year. That much is for sure. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. 